what's up, buddy? Round two. Let's do this thing, man. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it was a learning curve last week. Uh, I enjoyed the convo we had. We got to learn about each other a little bit more, and you know, hopefully the people listening got to learn a little bit more about us. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, we're only going to get better and better. You know, the more we do, um, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. We have a million topics that we want to go over, but we're trying to, like you said, execute, right? We want to be able to deliver consistent messages on a weekly basis, and we want to start simple because we know that if we set small goals and we hit those easily, it's just going to excite us to hit bigger ones and put out more podcasts. But for now, once a week is our goal, and once we can hit that and do it smoothly and figure out the kinks, we're just going to keep cranking content, right? We That's have, right, man. We have something to say. We want people to hear it execution is key you know it doesn't matter how much you game plan anything like that you got to put it into in the practice and uh you know I, i'm a little under the weather but we commit to this so you know excuse my sniffles anything like that we're still going to put this out because uh, we committed to it and like we just said execution baby yeah and, and we talk about this all the time is that we we want to we want people to follow us because we do it not because we say it no doubt so let's get right into it, man. What do we got today? We got a uh, some nutrition topics for you guys um, in regards to some good, clean eating. Okay, what we define as clean eating, how to put that into application, uh, calorie balance, macronutrients, and what's new and uh, you know flashy that's coming up more mainstream, intermittent fasting. What the heck is that? Yeah, dude, I'm excited to talk about this and you know, Really, this comes down to is within our own gym, we're trying to create a system that can produce more consistent results to our members, right? We, we agree that the best diet for someone is the one that produces results for them. If we cookie cutter that and we say, this is the only diet you should do because that's what we do, then we, uh, we limit their potential if it's not working for them and who they are, right? That each diet is a little bit particular to certain personality or lifestyle. No, I agree 100%. And, you know, bottom line is these people are coming into the doors for what? Body composition changes. And you can't get that without cleaning up your diet. Uh, you know, it, it's straightforward. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing this everywhere, not our gym, but around is that especially within a program uh, as intense as ours, that the intensity itself is getting people stronger, it's getting them better equipped at movement, it's even improving their conditioning. But we're seeing people with those three improvements and very little improvement with body composition. So the fitness is improving, but is it having a direct effect on their health? Yeah, and that's unfortunate and very discouraging. You know, uh, we're getting stronger. You know, we're we're getting good timing in, but people aren't seeing body composition changes, which is the original reason why they step foot into the gym in the first place. Yeah, and you know, you can only do a program this long, as this intense, in your face on a day to day basis, and not get the results you want and stay there forever. Like. Sure, there's a community aspect to it. There's, uh, you know, there's a discipline you 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 come to know doing a program like ours. But man, you're right. Like if you work backwards and you would say, hey, what if you sat down with them on day one and you say, what would make you the happiest six months from now? They would say weight loss or body composition improvement, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I agree. 
And I feel like it all comes down to developing a system that they can do, okay, they can apply and they can sustain. You know, there's so much fad diets out there that, you know, lose 20 pounds in a week that's setting unrealistic expectations. When in reality, it's finding a system that works, doing it often, staying consistent with it, and just making it a part of your lifestyle. You know, you can't get results if you're attempting to eat something that's miserable. You know, I won't. I refuse to, you know. And I feel like if that, if we can, you know, just get that concept into people's minds, um, you know, we'll get results in the long run. Yeah, and that goes back to creating the diet that works for them that still allows them to enjoy their life but still get the results over time. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, let's, let's you know, dig right down into it. Uh, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, uh, Greg Glassman, you know, defines fitness uh, starting out with nutrition, does he not? Yeah, I mean, those are his first lines. I mean, what does he say? Eat meat and vegetables, nut and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, keep intake to levels that will support exercise, but not body fat. Yeah, so before he even talks about all the fancy Olympic lifting we got, you know, the handstands we got, all that performance aspect of it, he says what you should be eating. That's crazy. Like when you when you put it in that perspective, like he's saying, yeah, you know us by the fitness protocol, but more than that, there's a nutrition part of that as well. And that, that we can label as uh, the foundation that we're laying out for the athlete. Like they, they talked about that as what they called the theoretical hierarchy of the development of the athlete. And at the bottom of that pyramid, they put nutrition. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's real stuff, you know. Uh, it's something you gotta prioritize, you know. And then not only will you get body changes, but it'll elevate your performance as well, you know. Um, you know, that first part, eat, you know, meat and vegetables, you don't have to get fancy. You know, I think people make this nutrition stuff harder than it is. Yeah, that's Okay. Good. Sometimes I don't even get to that second part, nuts and seeds, all that stuff. I say, listen, the most simply put, eat meat and vegetables. That's so good, man. That's all I do. Dude, I, I tell it to all my athletes. If you just did that, you're, you're going to get results. You are. You are, but we make it harder, you know. Yeah. I'll ask someone, you know, what'd you eat? And they'll say, I got this fancy shake with <laughs> blueberries and protein and creatine and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, you're overcomplicating it. That, that, that sounds cool, but at the end of the day, you got to be eating real whole foods closest to nature, starting with meat and vegetables. And then if you're a vegetarian, I don't know. I'm sorry. I got no recommendation for you. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of feel that out for yourself. Um you know, but that's comes down to us finding a system that works for you. You know, that's what it comes down to. I agree, man. And eat meat and vegetables. That's so powerful because if that we use that as a basis of our uh, weight loss program, uh, we we would get results immediately. So we know they're not doing that, right? That is the complete opposite of that. I think one because they're overcomplicating. To a lack of understanding, they think what they would define as good is healthy. We would say like it's too processed, it's too voluminous, it's got more calories than it does to uh, provide anything nutritious for you. Uh, and I think that we have to go back to simplicity. We talk about this with movement, like 
paralysis by analysis. They're thinking so much about something that it actually makes the situation worse. They, their movement actually gets worse through reps because they keep... They're overthinking. They're overthinking. And uh, it, like you just said, it's about making it more simple. You know, some people consider healthy eating, eating Subway or something like that. You know, we got to say, hey, meat and vegetables. Don't, don't overthink it. Meat and vegetables. And then uh, come up with a system that you can follow long term. Right. And so, uh, you know, we're having this combo today because we want to, like, bring better awareness, not just for our own community, but for the community uh, outside of our gym. And that's like as coaches, what's happening, especially with a program like ours, is that we we get known as movement experts. Everyone knows, especially at our gym, that when they come in there, they're going to our eyes are going to be on them every second of class to make sure that they're moving in a really good way and that we can do everything we can to improve their level of movement while reducing the risk of injury, right? Yeah, but we don't want to stop there. You know, we want to assure that, you know, through our experience, you know, we have, you know, um, some nutrition expertise based on what we've done that works for us. You know, I'm not a certified nutritionist. I don't think you are either, correct? No. But we've tried this. We've done that. We've done trial and error. You know, we've been in the fitness game for a while. You know, we know these, you know, tips and tricks that have worked for us that we can give as recommendations. But at the end of the day, it's up to them to try and see what works and what doesn't for them. Yeah, don't take our word. Like, I think that a role of a really good coach is to provide the most relevant information at the time to get that individual to take that information and help them process and work through it together with a coach, right? For what's going to work with them and what's not. But to take it in like if i just told you to go run around a tree 20 times you would do it just because i told you to do it yeah now you got to understand why okay and and how you know why and how and and understand once you understand you it's that much more doable you know it's that much more doable it's all about the learning aspect so um so now we know you know meat and vegetables i feel like we can give our listeners some hints and uh and some tricks rather uh, how they can apply, you know, how they can apply in their everyday schedule. Starting with the meats, you know, I personally, uh, if you want to go back to, you know, the term food prepping, the only prepping I do will be the meats. You know, I'll, I'll cook the meat, um, you know, whether it's on the grill, on the stove, okay? Because, you know, you, uh, if you cook a good portion of meat, it'll stay good for, you know, two, three days down the road. Um, and then the rest is kind of just filling to that, making up a, a well-balanced meal. Yeah, you hit something really good, and this is kind of not off topic, but it's a subset to clean eating, and that's uh, uh, meal prepping. Meal prepping doesn't have to be go back to they're overcomplicating. They're sitting there on a Sunday and they're making ten meals for the week. I'm like, dude, what I made on Sunday, I'm not eating next Sunday because it's my tenth meal, dude. Yeah, no. You the get best sick way of it. to the best way to keep it fresh is to do exactly what you said. Overcook for the day. Like if it's two of you. Cook for three, and that extra meal is what you're going to take in the next day. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. And then, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, the big time saying, if you're failing to plan, you're planning to fail. I agree, man. And so we just need to get people, like when we sell this, uh, when we have this talk, on Saturday, we're going to tell them just to keep it simple, silly. Like, don't make it so hard, right? 
for everything we tell people, there's an opposite counter view, especially online. Someone's gonna say completely different. We wanna keep the info as simple as possible so they can execute on that as soon as they possibly can. Yeah, and that, that's the only way you'll be able to do it and keep doing it, you know, simplify it. Now, vegetables is, is a really funny combo. We laugh about this all the time because I hate vegetables. Anything that looks or smells like vegetables, I stay away from. Uh, and I think one is just because how I was raised. I didn't really eat like rice is a vegetable to me. And like I eat it. I got to eat it every day. Ash doesn't. She she thinks I'm crazy because I, I have to eat rice every day. You go white rice, right? All day, baby. That's yeah. that's that Cuban lifestyle. Can't do that brown stuff. No, it's know. gross. You might as well just eat the, right, the white rice. It's the same calorically dense thing anyways. But uh, wh- what is a trick? I mean, you're a big veggie guy. Like how, like me knowing how important it is, I still can't do it because of like, this, this taste I have for it. How do I make that process more enjoyable? Uh, you basically just gotta do some research. Um, you gotta try some, you know, that you might like, might not like. You gotta introduce different ones, some that you haven't tried before. Um, you know, but the worst thing you can do is try, if you can't stand broccoli and you go to the store and you buy broccoli, okay, you're already setting yourself up for failure. That's you, so good, yeah. You gotta try something, you gotta, uh, you know, go through the fresh veggies, the frozen veggies, whatever you got to do. Because we say this all the time, you know, um, any type of vegetable, some type of vegetables is better than no vegetables. Dude, that's so good. And the other thing is my wife will come home, you know, weeks where I'm like, hon, we got to eat some vegetables. Man, like the guilt is overwhelming. Hun, we got to get some vegetables. She'll come back with a bag of veggies that is already pre-seasoned. You know, these companies are getting really creative to try to do exactly that, to excite the vegetable culture. Like, we need to get people to eat more vegetables. We all agree it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it is really important. So, like, what was one she brought? It was a garlic cauliflower. Like, it was already preset. All we had to do was throw it in in the oven and be done. I didn't have to prep it. I didn't have to cut it. They're trying to make that process as simple as they possibly can. Yeah, and I, I really think they're onto something. You know, there's something new like that you know, coming out all the time, you know, whether it's cauliflower rice, uh, you know, spaghetti squash is a new big one. It's almost like you're eating noodles, mm, you know? Yeah, that one's, I love that and, one. And that really, you know, attracts people. So, you know, you kind of just got to do, you know, some digging, you know, figure out something you can, you know, may, hey, this isn't that bad. I could do this, you know, every now and then. Find that, hold on to it, eat it till you're sick of it, and then try to switch it up. Right, and that just really comes down to just explore tell yourself set a goal for clean eating that's going to include eating three vegetables three vegetables this week and then going to the store and exploring see what's out there half the time i don't even know what's out there anymore because i'm not focused on eating vegetables but if i were to do that i can guarantee there's going to be something new out there something exciting for me to want to try yeah that that's one way to vary it. another way to vary it is you can take one type of vegetable and you can cook it you know three to five different ways you know, you can saute it, you can bake it, you can steam it, you know. Um, for instance, Brussels sprouts, for instance. I can saute some Brussels sprouts. I can bake them real, real crispy. Uh-huh. They're not bad. But if I steam some damn Brussels sprouts, they're disgusting to me, <laughs> you know. And, and that's all about just, you know, experimenting with different ways to cook, uh, which is another alternative on switching up the actual vegetable itself. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I like it. Nuts and seeds. Are you a big uh, nut guy? Do you eat seeds, anything like that? I eat nuts. I, I do a lot of mixed nuts. They're convenient, you know. Uh, 
I'm big on snacking on the nuts while I'm cooking the rest of my food. Uh, just to kind of get some satiety, get some healthy fat in there too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I personally do a, a high fat, low carbohydrate diet. Okay. Okay. With the uh, only carbohydrate source I'll normally get is either within my vegetables or my fruit. Uh -huh. You know, and that's what Glassman states too: a little bit of fruit. You know, and then something I want to um, bring up on that is. I kind of go on my carbohydrate consumption based on my intensity of training. Yeah, so you start dialing down on, hey, uh, high intensity workouts do require uh, more carbohydrates to supply that energy. So maybe a pre-workout could be, could be where you time more fruit in your diet. Yeah, not just supplying energy, but recovery as well. Mm. You know, I'm I'm firm believer if you want to, uh, you know. Uh, gain some lean muscle mass, uh, you have to add in more carbohydrates to contribute to that. For sure. So he says some fruit. If we were to, how would, how do you quantify some fruit, right? Because we all have, some is, is super relative. Yeah. Uh, I'll do, you know, maybe one or two, you know, a day or a night. You know, I use it as a, as a good snack before bed. Uh, I'll do either a banana uh, with some peanut butter, apple with some peanut butter. And, uh, you know, I, I've had some good results doing that. Yeah. Okay. So what? Five or six fruits a week? Yeah. I, that that's probably pretty close on when it says some fruit. Okay. What's your fruit intake like? Yeah, it's pretty similar to that. I'm not a real big fruit guy. I'm not a big sweet guy. I'll take a steak over a fruit or a dessert any day of the week. Uh, but yeah, those main like basic fruits: apples, bananas. When I have one, strawberries. You know what I used to do back in the day with the paleo diet, blackberries. I used to tear those things up like it was no other. Uh, they just used to be really expensive. I haven't had a, a good set of blackberries in a long time, but those are good because you know you're getting the fruit in, but they're not that sweet, so they're not like overbearing. Uh, yeah, some fruit. Starch. This is always a heated conversation about how we are defining starch and which starches we'd include or wouldn't include in a clean eating diet. Yeah, a big one that is my personal go-to would be sweet potatoes. You okay. know, uh, I love how they taste. I love how they make me feel. You know, I don't feel like I consumed a whole freaking loaf of bread. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Uh, you know, they're fairly light. You can eat them, you know, pre, post workout. Uh, you know, that's my go-to. I know you're a huge white rice guy, and I feel like those two, you know. Um, are pretty similar in regards to them not being too heavy on your stomach. Right. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think if we if we had to define, you know, some someone's gonna tell us to define what we mean as little starch. I agree. I think we could hit we can put sweet potato and white rice in there, right? Like forget the brown rice. It goes back to like you think it's healthier, but not only is it the same thing, but it's gross. It's just completely gross. And and same thing with bread too. You know, you're getting all these breads, Ezekiel and whole wheat. If you're gonna eat the bread, just eat the bread you like, man. Yeah, and and I would consider eating some bread as a cheat meal, in my opinion. Yep. You know, uh, regardless if it's Ezekiel or wheat, I really don't feel like those are as healthy as you know the general public makes them out to be. Yeah, I agree. I think the grain bread is just really tricky right now. If we were to try to keep it in the clean eating camp, I definitely agree that that would be defined as a cheat and and, and uh, as a recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree on that. Uh, uh, the other starch pasta is that this is out, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's a little more heavier, you know. Um, you know, based on my personal experience, 
you know, when I eat something as high in carbohydrates like that, I feel like it sits on me for a little bit. And that's why I go back to having uh, my success with a higher fat, lower carbohydrate, you know. And that's what I feel like kind of Glassman is going towards when he says eat meat, vegetable, nuts, and seeds. Because what's a nut? It's a healthy fat. Right. You don't even have to overthink it because then we start talking about uh, certain types of oils and which oils we quick with. And we just get into this really like, right, that fine line between that kind of stuff as well. If you can just uh, keep to the nuts, we'll be good. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it because uh, I feel like the more complicated you make it, the more anxious you'll get. And that's where the term comes into the yo-yo dieting. You know, you'll eat good for a week. Next week, it'll go out the window. And, you know, that's what we want to avoid. Um, you know, we preach all the time, lifelong fitness. Okay. Name of the podcast. We got to come up with a system that is sustainable long-term and that's what delivers results. Dude, we're, we're on the same page here. We can talk about this all day. The last but not least is we can all agree that sugar is not part of a clean eating diet. Yeah, no, you, you gotta, you know, if not eliminate it, really reduce it to to a bare minimum on if you're, you know, uh, craving something sweet, you know, you earned it, you trained hard all week, you kept it clean, you want to enjoy it because I got a little sweet tooth myself. You know, I don't do it often, you know, very rarely, but if I can eat something like that when I choose to, um, occasionally, I'll be able to maintain the clean eating long term. Yeah, and there's research out there that is start like there's a, a negative cycle to eating sugar and that's it's addictive. It's addicting, right? Uh yeah. it's hard to break. Um and then obviously what we're attributing to some ill health effects are coming from just the overconsumption of sugar. It's just in everything. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Uh Cool. So I think we hit that. Let's let's move on down to what we got next. Calorie balance. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great segue from the last line of the hundred words of fitness, which is to keep intakes to levels that will support exercise but not body fat. Because that's so vague, we what we do know is if you're eating clean the way we've defined it, and you are increasing your body fat, then that means that the level the quality, the quantity of that food is just too high, right? So that's where being able to put a little bit more data by quantifying the food is going to be super, super important. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like there's a couple ways to go about this. You know, there's more of, you know, a tracking system, which you're kind of big on. You, you know, you use MyFitnessPal, uh, you know, logging, all that stuff, Um and then there's ways, you know, you can kind of do a little bit of guesswork, okay, based on how you feel, you know. Uh, eat until you're satisfied but not over full, you know, and based on how hard you train that day. You know, you're obviously going to consume way more calories on days you train super hard, and then you'll cut it down a little bit on, you know, your, your rest days or days you weren't moving as much. Couldn't you agree? For sure, for sure. And I think the best way, so no one's lying to themselves, and this is where getting data for body composition is important. You know that what you're doing is calorically balanced if your body composition is improving. No ifs, ands, buts about it. No one's lying about it. No one's pretending uh, 
otherwise. And that's why when someone signs up at a, signs up at our gym, we're doing their body comp from day one because we want to be able to quantify whether what they're doing is working or not. So when we get to this combo about caloric balance, we want to make sure that they have a data set for their current body composition so that they can go into experimenting what that caloric balance is for their current need and see if it works by jumping on the scale, doing their body comp, and seeing whether there's improvement there. Because if there's not, then we know the volume is just, it's not there yet. They're still over-consuming. Yeah, I agree. And then it's just about awareness, you know, seeing what's in front of you, seeing the actual changes that uh, that go down. For instance, you, you know, take their body fat, do that. Another good one is, you know, what's your waist size? If your waist size is going down, okay, uh, it's working. You know, you're getting results. It's working. It's, uh, you know, you're in a calorie deficit because, you know, it's safe to say it's almost impossible to lose weight and be eating more, you know, uh, calories than you're expending through your workout. Right. Yeah, and you know, it's the 21st century. Like, it, it, if they're doing that and it's still not working, they need to physically track the number on a daily basis. This is not pen and paper kind of stuff. This is like, this is an app system. The MyFitnessPal has millions upon millions of foods in the database. You can scan the food you're eating. Uh, you can scan the barcode of the food you're eating. It'll come up immediately. It saves your numbers. You can put your own custom recipes in there. Uh, sky is the limit. There's a pain point, right? You got to learn the app like you would with any app. Uh, but there is no excuse why someone shouldn't uh, be able to quantify their calories if they want to do that. Yeah. And that's awesome like for a starting point too. And I feel like the more familiar you get with that, eventually you can almost branch off of it, okay, and start doing something that's more sustainable on, you know, realizing how much food has this certain amount of macronutrients, stuff like that, to where you can use the app when you need to, but also have an idea without it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, or maybe uh, do it on a quarterly basis for a week to kind of see, right? If you think about it, we're only eating the same 10 to 15 foods a week. Right, so you do it for a week every quarter with the current foods that you're eating, and see what that number is sitting. If it's ranging right, if you're not, you know, you gotta drop that volume a little bit. Then you stop doing it. Like, we are not trying to track our calories for the rest of our lives. That dieting sucks, and it's uh, to be able to have to watch what you eat every second of the day for the rest of your life is crazy. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying if someone wants to improve the results, they gotta get a little uncomfortable and do some things they're not gonna normally do for the rest of their lives. And tracking is one of them. Yeah, they gotta get a idea where they stand. You know, and um, you know, the app's not just good at you know counting how many calories you do, but I feel like this is a good segue to count um, you know, the macronutrients is what we have next on our on our pyramid. Um, the macronutrients are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And I feel like no matter what your um, your end game goal is to either build muscle, lose fat, it's safe to say you should be eating a high protein diet. I agree 100%. I think one from the training aspect, the recovery aspect of being able to eat protein that breaks down into amino acids into our body. It's going to help uh, fuel uh, recovery and muscle building. 
but also, I think when you're eating more protein, you're going to eat less of those starchy foods, right? It's going to, it's, uh, we know that eating higher proteins uh, controls that need or that hunger for sugar that you might feel otherwise. Yeah, no doubt about it. And protein is really what's filling you up. You know, I, I can't stand going somewhere to eat and then them skimp on the meat. You know, you go to Chipotle or something and they don't give you that much meat. You got to ask for double because that's what fills me up is the meat, you know. And going back to the, you know, Glassman's definition, we got to be eating lots of meat. You know, high protein diet, lots of meat, uh, builds muscle. The more muscle you build, the more fat you're going to burn. Right. And that number for us, the macros are not as important as the calories when they're tracking for weight loss, but it is definitely the next step. There's a range that we give people and they try to fall on that range as much as possible, but it's also preference. Is someone fueled better by 10% more uh, carbs than protein? Are they fueled with more energy with a higher fat intake? I have no idea. They have no idea unless they start looking at the macros and really try to adjust those. Yeah, it just comes down to, you know, one of our first points is you got to find what works for you. You know, find what works for you. Do some trial and error uh, and just, you know, find, develop a system that works. You know, you're huge on systems no matter whether it's business, life, training. You know, you got to find a system for your nutrition, something that works, something you can stay long term. So it's just it's automatic. Yeah, that system produces consistency, and consistency is the only way you're going to get results. You can't starve yourself one day and binge the next and think that that's sustainable or going to get you the results you need. Uh, systems produce consistency, so they just got to build a system that works for them. I think starting with a starting base uh, of a macronutrient, do that for a couple weeks, see how it affects their energy and their body composition, and then tweak with the numbers a little bit more. That's uh, one of the easiest ways to find out what macronutrient uh, macro ratio is going to work for you, right? Macros. Yeah, and just and just make the necessary changes as they come about and as you need to. Now, one of the more exciting ones that really uh, that kind of includes a little bit of all this because uh, intermittent fasting is really interesting in that you can tweak your macros through it, you can control your calories through it, uh, and you can uh, really get more volume in a less amount of time, but hormonally it does some other things. I know you're a big believer on it. Since I've known you, you don't eat uh, from like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. in the afternoon. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, uh, it's something I've had success with. You know, I've I've looked into it before I, you know, I started doing it. And then, uh, you know, basically the, the most simply put, uh, which can vary obviously, but it's, basically a 16 hour fast and then you have an eight hour eating window okay so, that's not set in stone but i'd say that's a more mainstream version of of uh, intermittent fasting and uh but some benefits that you know come along with that i feel like it's it's easier to do uh you know when stuff comes up life happens so if i only have to worry about eating a couple times a day in a certain window i'm not you know, um, obsessed with food, which traditionally people get on their traditional diets where they say you got to eat five, six, yeah. seven small meals oh, a man. day. I hate that question. Cause half the time you're eating a small meal and it's not filling you up. So you're thinking about your next meal, right? You know, I eat till I'm full. Uh, in the beginning, the fasting parts a little harder, but you can kind of 
you know, pick and choose when you want to fast, yeah. you know. I'm a big time eater late at night, so that's why it works for me. You know, I'll do a, a big dinner um, and then eat right before I go to bed, and then I'll start my fast. You know, I'll sleep half of it, okay? I've never been hungry in the mornings anyways. And then, so I'll wake up, I'll, you know, skip breakfast, I'll go, you know, work, train, whatever I got to do, and then I'll eat the lunch after. But that's my way to do it. That's not the only way to do it. You like breakfast, no? Am I, am I right? I, I love a good hot breakfast, bro. So... A way to, if you decided to, you know, explore with some intermittent fasting, you wake up, you eat your breakfast, okay? You eat your lunch and dinner a little earlier, and that's that. You know, you're starting your fast a little earlier in the night than I personally would. So there's not, like, one size fits all for fasting. And some people do it, and they don't realize they're doing it. That's true, right? Because, one, like you said, they... They lack the energy and or hunger in the morning to eat breakfast, so they're not even eating till noon, right? If they ate their dinner at nine, that's a fast, and they don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm I'm huge on uh, in order to make this system work, you got to be eating your food when you're in your eating window. You know, you got to eat. I'm not nibbling on you know a couple of bites like of meat and then you know a couple of spoonfuls of vegetables when I'm eating. I'm you know, eating food until I'm full. You know, I'm eating as enough until I'm full. I'm eating just the same as someone that's eating all their smaller meals when you look at the amount of food. Yeah, that's a good point. So to make the numbers easy, let's say someone is on a, they're tracking their calories. They on average eat about 3,000 calories. They're eating three meals a day. On average, they're eating 1,000 calories per meal. You're saying... You're just taking those thousand calories that someone would do in three meals and you put it into two meals. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's a really good point to that and that's the the psychological benefit. Sometimes when someone's on a caloric deficit and they're still used to that three meal mentality, those meals get drastically smaller because Mm -hmm. it's a deficit. But if we can take one of those meals out through intermittent fasting, now let's say it's 2,000 calories. Well, now I get 2,000 calories in two meals versus 2,000 calories in total for three meals. It's going to make you fuller. It's going to feel bigger because it is. And you're, you're definitely, uh, it's definitely, I think, a good long-term battle with some of those hunger cravings that you get with these smaller meal calorie diets. And you can utilize it based on how your schedule is, you know, depending on your work schedule, you know, what you got going on after work, you know, you got to pick your son up from baseball or anything like that. You can kind of set up your fast based on what your real life schedule is, you know. Um, I got a lot of stuff going on in the morning. Okay, last thing I want to think about is taking the time to eat, you know, breaking away from work or training or something like that. You know, I hold off until... A specific time I eat midway through the day when I'm on my little break okay fill up and go back to work you know it it's you're able to utilize it based on your schedule for sure and I think the thing is is we've just been in cruise for so long with a three meals a day I mean you are born and bred with that mentality so like when you miss a meal sometimes you freak out right and so what intermittent fasting does is it just helps you realize, like, dude, you're okay. You can't yeah, miss a meal. You, yeah. You're not going to die. You're going to live. You're going to live. You can you can go 30 days without eating, man. And then, you know, it basically comes back down to, you know, you got to try it, see if you like it, and then see if it works for you. Right. You know? 
and it's it's going against the traditional hey breakfast is the most important meal of the day it's so bad to skip breakfast but you got to try it you know i'm waking up i'm doing just coffee but um i got better mental clarity you know um my energy is good you know i'm i'm ready to roll my stomach is shrunken down to its normal size uh i've had success doing it you know but at the end of the day it's up to you to try it out, see what you like, see how you can adapt, and if you can throw it in, great. If not, you gotta find a system that works for you. 100%, yeah, I'm not gonna say you tried it, you don't like it, and then we're not cool anymore because you don't do yeah, right. fasting, for sure. But we put it in a pyramid because we wanted to say like, that that's a conversation that we should have, but before we have the question about intermittent fasting, do you know what clean eating is? Do you, do you know what a, a proper caloric balance is? Do you know what a uh, what a macronutrient ratio is? And if you if you what 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 do you think it would be if it was if you did know? I think those combos are really really important, and we want to build that as a pyramid because there's a foundation that we want to build up into these more complex, more uh, more specific ideas. Yeah, no, I think you nailed that right on the head. It's about establishing the level of importance on every component and aspect of a successful diet. I love it, man. I'm really hopeful for this nutrition talk. We just, we got to sell that mentality in our gym. Not only will it, you know, do we believe that doing that long-term is going to keep retention, it's going to keep people longer because they're going to correlate that nutrition and this fitness is helping them with their overall goal of looking better and feeling better. Um, It's just really going to give them a framework long term that when something is they feel like they're losing control again they can use this as their framework for getting that back on control yeah nah sounds just about right uh it's, it's so crucial get that nutrition dialed in along with what everything you're doing inside the gym well listen guys thank you so much for listening please leave your comments give us suggestions for topics uh to come we're super excited again to do this and uh we'll catch you next week Thanks, guys. See you next week.